Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. I'm just going to share from my heart, and then you make a list of the things I tell you, and then we're going to go in this thing for 2020, and then we're really going to push. Um, this, the title, you want to title it? The Lord gave me this, like, toward, coming toward the end, it was... 2020 is going to be the year of greater glory. Just write that down. I'm going to explain greater glory. I'm going to explain it to you. And then he tailed in, we're going to break the barrier or the dimension of the soul. I didn't understand that part. He said greater glory, and then the other day he started speak downloading. You know, it was God, me, who knows, whatever, but I got it from the, got it from the Holy Spirit. And I felt this in my heart. We are getting ready to break the barrier and the dimension of the soul. Because the only thing stopping that thing is that dimension of unrenewedness. Because the glory is in you. You know what I'm saying? So over this course of this year, I'm going to really, really push forward to get you into this thing that I like to call the new reality of who you are. I'll explain it, okay? So there's seven, I got seven things. Man, I could probably give you 70 things. But I really had to fine tune this thing. And I really felt like I found seven solid keys to help you and me that I think we have to overcome to really make 2020 the greatest year of our life. Is that okay? So I want to give them to you, all right? Is that all right? I'm not going to keep you all night. You know, somebody said we're going to start at 7, we're going to start at 7 and go to midnight. No. Okay? But you know what I'm saying. I want you to get this. So what I really believe greater glory is all about is this. Great, the glory of God is in the presence of God. Okay? And I'm going to explain it to you the best way I could do it, and then I'll talk more about it as we go. But the glory of God is the presence of God in its manifested form. Is that all right? So when I say greater glory, I'm basically saying this. What is the glory and what do I mean? When I speak of the glory of God, I'm talking about the word glory, the kabod, right? It's K-O-B-O-D if you're taking notes in the Hebrew. And it means it's a meaning of a heavy or a weight. The word kabod also carries the idea of fullness or the full weight of something. In this sense, it refers to the weightiness or of something importance, of importance or a person of notable um, reputation. When we use the phrase the glory of God, it usually offers this reference, a visible manifestation of God. That is what the glory of God is. It is a visible manifestation of God, and it is directly related to God's self-disclosure and his intent to dwell among men. Does that make sense? I'll read it again. The glory of God or the kabod most often refers to a visible manifestation of God that is directly related to God's self-disclosure. That means he reveals himself and the intent to dwell among men and women. Basically, it's the manifested presence of God in the earth. So that means, what does that mean when I say it's a greater year of glory? That means God's getting ready to manifest. What does that look like? That looks like whatever he needs to manifest in, he's going to manifest in 2020 if we set. Now, you got to do this personally. We'll do it corporately. But I really got nervous about it because I know this means he's going to roll in. And when he rolls in, he's going to manifest himself at a greater level. That's manifestations of the God kind. That's when you take all limits off of what can be done. You can't fabricate. I don't want to even say fabricate. It seems weird. You can't make God show up. You can set an atmosphere for God to show up, and, and you cannot create gifts of the Spirit and make them manifest. 
but you could set an atmosphere where the gifts of spirit will manifest more and we could put a demand on it. So when we say like that and we start talking like that, we just added hunger to an atmosphere to God's ability to manifest in the church and in your family. That means, that means you come in here shot out and God touches you, you leave here normal. That's what it means. It means you come in here blind, you walk out seeing. He, he, you can't, I can't make somebody's eyes open, but God can. You understand what I'm saying? We're talking about manifestation. You come in here demon-possessed, you leave here straight as a bell. Come on. I'm just telling you how it is, man. That mean, I'm not freaking you out, but that means God comes and does what God wants to do when God wants to do it, and we're okay with it. I never had a problem with it. You shouldn't either. But what I'm talking about, it gets weighty. You know, it's funny. <laughs> it's like it's weight without the weirdness. It's not weird. It's just weight. God just does the thing. So you start expecting that manifesting in your life. When God just comes in in a situation and just does, that means like your lost loved ones that took 30 years to get saved, they just get saved. He just does it. He manifests what he wants to manifest, when he wants to manifest. Let me show you seven key points that I felt like it was going to take us to get there. Number one, you're going to have to be willing. Write that down. Man, I've been stuck on being willing. Are you truly willing? Willing. I say, God, how in the world are you going to get this to happen? Now, there's seven points. It's all year long. I'm going to preach everything of it. I know I'm going to preach the renewedness of mind. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to break your, I'm going to break your outer shell and train your, your soul to go to a dimension it's never been to all year long. I'm going to work so hard to get you there that the only way you can't get there is if you don't want it. I'm going to be so strategic in my attempt to get you to break the barriers that are holding you back. Because, see, listen. When God spoke to me about the glory, I know where the glory of God is. Yes, it's in heaven, but it's also in you. It has to be revealed. The only reason why we don't see it in the believer is his unrenewed to his fallen nature has stopped him from receiving what God has already given him. So there's like a wall of partition in your soul stopping the glory. If we train your soul to respond right, we'll get the glory to flow. Because you can't see bodily manifestations until what? Jesus, when he transfigured, you've seen what was in him come upon him. If I'm going to see what's in you come upon you, i got to remove the limitation of the soul. It's barriers. It's a block. Does that make sense? So the more we knew it, the easier it's going to be. So let me just give you my seven things, and then we'll go from here. I'm going to work on it all year long. I'm telling you, if you're a partner, I told the partners. I've been talking to a lot of the partners today. I'm going to talk more. If you don't go here on the regular, you need to check in. That's why we give you that webcast thing. That in the webcast and that podcast, I wouldn't miss Series we're on. Now, I'm not telling you 56 weeks at it or 52 weeks in the Wednesdays. I'm trying to do the math in my head, right? 100,000 days, right? Whatever it is. So those 100-something days, you might not be able to get all of them, but you better get most of them because some of this stuff's going to help you train in an arena you need to train because if you don't get trained in it, you're going to miss it. I don't mean to freak you out, but how are you going to renew your mind if you don't know how? You know what I'm saying? How are you going to get your will to surrender? You don't know how. How are you going to get yourself to transform? You don't know how. You got to learn. It's like you, didn't go, you don't go teachers. I got teachers in here, right? You go to school, you don't just skip grades and expect to be ready for the next one. You can't do it. Why? Because you didn't learn in the first grade what you should have learned. Now the third grade's all messed up. So get it in progression, okay? Number one, here's the thing. Um, I think the willingness to obey is huge. Um, I like John 17, 22, and 23. Jesus talks about it, okay? So the willingness to obey. So here's my checkup to you. I'm going to give you seven points. They're going to ruffle your feathers, some of them, and it's okay. Are you really willing? Just write it down. Are you really willing? I'm asking you. I'm not asking me. Are you really willing? Are you really willing? Are you really willing to surrender? 
Are you really willing to surrender your ideas? Are you really willing? One of the things it's going to take for you to do is you're going to have to become willing. The willing and the obedient into good of the land, but you got to be willing, you know? You know what I mean by willing? I got a plan. How many, how many of you know I had a plan too? <laughs> you know, how many got plans? I'm saying, are you willing to lay some of your plans down for God's plan? You see what I'm saying? I was kidding on, was that Wednesday or Sunday? I told you, you all can't retire around here. You know, ain't no retiring. Amen? Ain't no Winnebago's. <laughs> no catamarans. I was giving people the hard time. But what I mean by that is this. Well, it's okay. We can go, we can go catamaran. We're not, we'll not, not going to be gone 365. We've got work to do. We take a vacation, right? But here's what I'm saying. How many of you really come to that place where a place of surrender with God that I don't maybe get to do what I want to do? I got to check in with him to make sure I'm doing what he's asked me to do. Does that make sense? That's where that willing thing comes in. Like, God, you know what I mean? I only remember, I remember like me, it was, be, you know, how many know willing, when, when I got saved, I was going to be in business. I was just rolling into business lane, and I got saved, and then God called me in the ministry, and that's cool. But I mean, you know, that wasn't the end of the willingness. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's like, hey, how about Bible school? I'm like, how about No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How about mission trip? How about that's not my idea of a vacation, God? You know what I'm saying? How, you know what I'm saying? Like, how about Florida, right? You were chilling. You're like, oh, oh okay, I can handle, you know. How about, how about we check in to make sure this year there's a willingness on you to be like, how about the ministry I got for you? Or how about the place I got for you? How about, how about some of you this? How about, this one was a good one, right? You didn't get to go to church where you want to go because some of you didn't like me at first. You know, it's true. How about, how about I ask, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Come on, guys. Am I doing what I, how about, oh, I got grandkids. I want to go, no, 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 no. I know you got grandkids, and I'm not knocking your body and being a buster. I know you got, but go slow. But are, are you, before you had God, grandkids, you had God. Don't throw nothing at me. Come on now, you understand what I'm saying? Well, I'm not got no ministry. You got more ministry than you think. You're just only one of you in the earth, and we need it. Are you willing? That's all I'm asking. Are you willing? God, am I really willing to do what you've asked me to do? Because I mean, you know, the plan isn't always comfortable. But if you want God's glory in your life or manifested presence, you've got to be willing. You've got to get willing. I'm not really willing. How many of you are willing, you know, to do certain things that you think you're willing to do? You know, I, I was kidding with these guys. I went somewhere, and I got on a plane, and I was coming home, and I really felt like God was asking me, would you go here? I was like, no, that's a loaded question. I'm not answering it. I know my answer is no. And you know my answer is no, and you can't lie to God, so I don't want to go start nothing and do this thing. I said, and I said, I knew this, though, and this is what I told you guys in staff. I knew that that's a loaded question, but that question has a response on the back that if you don't say you're prepared, he won't speak to you about what he was going to talk to you about. Then I got scared. Because I don't ask questions to anybody if I already know their answer. I don't even bring up the topic. You don't do that because you know the response already. And I said, God, what can't you talk to me about because of my unwillingness? Because I wouldn't even be willing to hear what you got to say about anything because I already know my response is no. And the God of yes never wants to hear no, so he ain't even going to talk to you about certain things because he don't want to be disappointed. So just be willing. And here's the key. Until you're submitted, you're not really willing because you don't think he's safe. Until you're submitted, see, let me tell you what unwillingness showed me. Don't pick on me. Leave me alone. I might be talking about you. If I am, that's your own business. But you want to know really what my unwillingness showed me? 
My lack of submission and trust. My, Pastor Chris's, lack of what? Submission and trust. Because I'm saying, God, I might know better about my life than you do. Because I, I, I know, I know me. No, you don't know you. He knows you. That's why he made you. And I got news for you. You want to know what's crazy? Check this out. You want to know what's nuts? You've been designed for what he's got you for, and you'll probably be unsatisfied staying in your own lane. And until you get in his lane, that's when life's going to start rolling. Because you've been waiting for purpose all your life, and you might just be keep, your unwillingness might just be keeping you out of God's greater purpose. How about that one? That ain't easy. My unwillingness might be keeping me out of my God's greater purpose because I'm not willing to hear what I've been designed for. Now, look, that's not for everybody, but you know what I'm saying. It's not always comfortable. It surely isn't easy. Listen, I figured this out. You're not going to find the will of God until you get out of your comfort zone. Because if you were in the comfort zone, guess what? You don't need God. You could pull this one off. It's when you get out of your comfort zone, he kicks in. You see it? Now, look, that's point number one. I don't want to stay here for a week. We'll talk about it more. Willingness. But I got willingness. Willingness becomes simple. You want me to simplify willingness? The easiest place willingness is birth is in the place of submission. Because once you're submitted to God, you understand that he only wants what's good for me. So anything that comes after the fact of God being good, it's got to get better. Can't be bad. Now, you know, you ever been in the middle of something and it doesn't feel comfortable when you're doing it? But when you get on the other side of the mountain and you look back, you go, thank God. Come on, you know why? Because he knows the plan. You don't. But here's the thing. If we're going to have God, and I told him this on Sunday. You want a revival? Everybody, church screams out for revival. You know what that takes? Seven days a week, people being here. You ready for that? Come on. No, um, you know what I'm saying? If God poured out his spirit and it broke out in here, you got, how long's church? Seven days. <laughs> what time we got to show up? Early. What time we going home? Late. You know what I'm saying? Man, how many of you want a revival now? Like, I, I think we need to pray different prayers, Pastor. <laughs> I'm, having a trouble, I'm having trouble running that camera once a week, let alone in that seven days a week. We've got to be on camera? Come on, right? Praise team. You think worship's real cute? Do that seven days a week for three hours a night. You'd see how cute that is after about 21 days. You'd be like, God, I don't know if we really need this fullness of the revival we're walking in, but you've got to be willing. You've got to be willing. You see it? You see what I'm saying? Oh, I'd be like, God, I want you to promote me. How many of you wanted that promotion? And the job showed up with 30 more hours a week. And you're like, well, praise be to God. I don't know how bad I wanted that promotion, but now I'm in it. Come on. You understand? You got to be willing. You got to be flexible. You got to get ready for your future. 2020 is going to be that year for you. So get willing, all right? Number two, just write that down. Do you, you want to read the scripture? I, I, I said this. I know I gave it to you. And the glory which thou hast given me, I have given them that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and thou in me and that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and has loved them as thou hast loved me. Look at that. God in you. God in you. God in me directing me. God in me helping me. God in me leading me. God in me guiding me. But knowing that he's in you. So if he's in you, why would he, why would he, why would he, why would we not be willing? Let me ask you a question. Would God take himself? <laughs> Let me say it like this. Would God take himself somewhere he should not be? So why are you worried about it? If he's in you. 
Is God going to think about that? Is God going to take him some place, some place he should not be? No, because he's in you. So obviously, if God's in you, and you yield to him. He's going to take you exactly where you need to be. You see it? It's kind of like a little different way of looking at it. If God's in me and He is, and I yield to Him, obviously He's not going to want to go. You think God wants to? Be, you think God's going to let Jesus be out of the will of God in your life? No way. That's why wherever He's leading, He's leading you a perfect path for your life. That's why you got to navigate. You might not be comfortable, but guess what? It's safe. He's in you. Not leading you down a bad path. Come on, look at number two. You ready for this? I, I got this stuff. Cool. One of the things I understand is this: is this is that. Walking in the power of redemption is going to be huge. Write that down. Just write it down. Just write it down. Walking in the power of redemption. You're going to have to walk in the redemptive power of God. What does that mean? Well, there's something in this year, in the Hebrew calendar. I don't get into all that because I'm not really that versed in it, but I understand a little bit so I can help you just a little bit. This is the year of 2020. One of the things this means is the Hebrew letter is kaf or kaf or whatever you want to say. It's K-A-P-H. represents the number 20. This is what it literally means in the Hebrew calendar. It's a palm and open hand. In Hebrew, it signifies the giving freely with the palm up or the covering with the palm down. Bottom line is this, they, they back and forth with the whole thing of, of what it really means. But this is basically what it says. It, it opens up the opportunity for an open hand of redemption given to man. I believe there's a greater level of redemption understanding this year because redemption is going to be key for me and you to see into the glory of God. Because let me tell you right here now, no man's worthy of it. you got to take your position in redemption and understand the process has already made you what? Worthy for the glory. You see it? Because un- un- fallen man is going to try to fight you on this. You know what I'm saying? Like what makes me think I got the right to the blessing like Solomon greater than Easy, Jesus. See what I mean? If you've got to fight with your head, you're going to have a problem. So you've got you to let redemption really stick, that I've been redeemed not by works nor by acts, but by the blood of the Lamb. You've got to understand your redemption rights and principles came not because of what you did, but because of what Jesus did. Here's one of the things you've got to know. It's Ephesians 2.4. Okay? But God, who is rich in mercy, see it? In mercy, for his great love, wherein he loved us. See that right there? Redemption is the reversal, write this down. What is redemption? This is my part I like. Redemption is the reversal of the fall. Just write that down. Redemption is the reversal of the fall. So really what redemption is, is a reversing of the fall of man. Everything that happened in Adam's fall, redemption gave you back through Jesus Christ. So you're back in the garden. You're back in the glory. You're back in the blessing. That's where you are right now, Christian. You're back in the benefits. You're back in all of it. Now, why is it a fight? Because I have not been renewed to what I've been made, and my inner understanding in my soul is trying to stop me from seeing who I really am. Because who you think you are is not who you are. Who Jesus said you are is exactly who you are. You get that? You get that? Now, you gotta, you got to reprogram your mind to what you've been made, not to what you think. Because I know what you do. You say, well, you know, I do a little of this, I do a little of this, a little of that. Ain't got nothing to do with your redemptive rights. Don't let it limit who you think you are. Because let me explain something to you. And this is not a license to sin. Please understand this. Your performance didn't get your redemption, and your performance ain't going to keep your redemption. And your performance ain't going to do nothing but help. This is why your performance is bad. The only, let me show you. Let me give my note takers a minute here. The only reason why your performance is a problem 
is it ruins your consciousness. Does that make sense? That's why I need you to perform like a Christian, not to be worthy to receive, but to be conscious to receive. Your behavior shows you, you ain't going to be confident in God. You're living like a dipstick over here, acting like a nitwit, and then you're going to run in prayer life and cast out devils. No, you ain't. You're going to come in the presence of God because your conscience is telling you, man, I ain't that great a Christian. That ain't got nothing to do with it. You're still redeemed and righteous, but it ruins your confidence. Sin ruins your confidence. It doesn't move your position. Pastor Chris, you think we're one saved, always saved? Pretty close. I'm going to show you this now. Don't get mad at me. I know some of you are going to throw some doctrinal stuff at me, but let me show you what I mean by that. How are you going to undo what the blood of Jesus did? Unless you willfully walk away forever, you, you really can't. And, you know, I don't really see that many people, like, committing the unpardonable sin. So really what do they do? They live beneath the benefits. You understand that? So sin, the only sin you ever committed as a New Testament believer is the sin of unbelief. So what sin did you commit? If you're a Christian, the only sin you could ever commit is the sin of unbelief. Reese got a paper about it. I should read the whole thing to you. Come on. You understand what I mean? You understand? So when you stepped out into sin, you stepped out of faith. How do you get back in faith? You become a belief. So you can wake up out of this thing. So I'm not, you understand what I'm saying with that one saved, always saved. You understand what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not giving you a license to go wacky, but how are you going to do what the blood did? Now you're going to live beneath the benefits now. So where is sin a problem? You understand what I said, Bonnie, I said that? Now you can walk away and be hell-bent the rest of your life. You can walk away from Jesus. I believe that. I believe you can. But I'm not, I don't see people doing it for a lifetime basis because nobody would be that dense. They walk away from God, and what do they do? They try to come back. But you don't want to get there because that's a slippery creek bank. You might stay there forever. The Bible says it's like a miry clay. You can't see your way back. So don't get too far out. But let me show you what the reason is with that, okay? Now go slow. What does sin do? Robs my God consciousness. And it robs my confidence. So when I don't live the lifestyle that I know I should be living, what does it do? It robs my confidence and it robs my courage in his presence. It doesn't do nothing to your position because you can't change it. If you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus right now, were you not made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus the minute you got born again? Yes, you were. Yes, you were. So how are you going to undo what the righteousness did? Can't. He said he washed you white as snow. What's he going to do? Put spots on you? Now that, no, he can't do that. Now watch what you can do. You can live ignorant of the benefit package. So now when your behavior doesn't line up to what you're supposed to look like, what does it do? It robs my consciousness, doesn't change my position. So here's my question. What do I got to do with redemption? I got to let redemption become a reality, and my character helps me have what? Confidence. That's why I don't need you out sipping, tipping tonight, and acting like a fool. You understand what I'm saying? Now, the church tried to fear you out of that stuff. The church, the church was goofy. The church tried to come in, no, you're going to burn hell, you do all this stuff. No, you ain't. And you know you ain't. That's why some of you are professionals at it. Because what happens is, I'm telling you, what happens is you go, well, not, you like, I don't know, maybe. Some of you the other way around, like you hit that bong, you know, you do your thing, like, And you made it. You made it like, oh, we didn't die. Praise the Lord, my grandma was wrong. <laughs> grandma don't know what she's talking about. I know how some of y'all are. Don't lie. Some of you are going to go do it tonight. Don't you lie, liar. Come on. Liar, liar, pants on fire. 
I'm good at this. Don't ask me to fix nothing in your house. I ain't that handy. Come on. Look, you understand what I'm saying? No, you I had the one guy come in here and say, Pastor Chris, I'm doing better. I'm not smoking as much pot as I was before. I said, praise God, bro. I'd rather you be real with me. If you could be real with me, I can help you. You liars, I can't help nobody. Don't lie. God come in here. He came, he's the best, man. He was, he was sending me stuff. He's like, Pastor Chris, he goes, what, what, bro? He's like, I'm not smoking as much pot as I was. But he come right up in here and told me, I slapped so hard. I said, what did you say? He said, I'm not smoking as much pot as I was. I'm thinking, well, how much is a lot and what's a little? Should I ask? And I say, no. I said, good, bro. Keep up the good work. <laughs> you got to love people. I love people. Just come in here and tell me y'all shot out. Praise God. We can work with that. Now, listen to what I'm saying. So what does it do? It robs my consciousness. You see it? Can't change your position. But you're not going to be strong in your position if your lifestyle isn't lining up with the word. So you're not going to go in there and be strong. And that's the deception of sin. It makes you feel like you're getting away with it, but you're not. You're really losing everything. So what the church shouldn't have did was try to freak you out by fear. We should show you the benefit of the blessing. And then you go, I don't want to do that if I can keep my confidence. I don't need that that bad. I need more of God. And I got to tell the devil when he tell him to go, go. Come on, man. See it? But how would you get redeemed? By the blood of the lamb. What was the redemption? Poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. Who got you that? Jesus on the cross. How are you going to do what Jesus did on the cross? Your little goofy sin? Let me tell you something about sin. Jesus took care of sin once and for all. He annihilated it forever because it was the thing that separated you from him the first time. And it's never going to be the thing that will separate you again from him. Let me tell you what's going to separate you from him. You. Your lack of ability to want to be near him. Because he'll keep coming after you. You see it? That's why you're going to get a right perception of God. God doesn't, when you come in the presence of God, he don't convict you of sin. You convict yourself because you know a little bit of truth. The Holy Spirit is not the divine convictor of your sin. He is the divine reminder of truth. He reminds you truth. You go in his presence, you know what he tells you? The truth of the word of God. He don't tell you nothing about you. You tell you about you. That's the big thing. Holy Spirit brings conviction. No, he don't. No, he doesn't. He just reminds you of the word. Your human spirit convicts you. Because you what? You know enough of the word that you're not living, and you tell yourself, man, I don't feel good right now in this presence. Why? Because it says if your heart condemneth you not, what's that? That's the witness. That witness is in your spirit. It isn't in the Holy Spirit. He's a divine reminder of truth. That's why, watch this. It's powerful. You want to know why, Jared? Watch this. When you didn't have no consciousness of God, when you were sinning, you didn't care. But the minute we told you steal, him that steals, steal no more, now you got what? Knowledge. And now when you went to work and tried to take a, a, a thing of pens, you heard, <laughs> don't touch that, that ain't right. See it? Now, if you ain't never heard, well, you didn't care. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I'm helping you if you're listening to me. Did you get that? Now, watch this. So what is redemption? It's reversal of the fall. In part, this reversal means that those who were spiritually dead are made alive. And those that were children of wrath are children of God. Check this out. Can we see it in Romans 3, 23 through 28? You all right? I'll try to speed up to get you guys going. 23 to 28. You all right with this? You understand what I'm saying? Don't live beneath the benefit package because you don't think you're qualified. You're already qualified. You've been made righteous. How are you going to do what you made? Can't. But what can you do? You can live what? Beneath it by not accepting it and not allowing yourself to grow. Spiritual growth shows up when wisdom shows up. 
People will not spiritually grow until wisdom becomes the preface of their life. Because when the word starts showing up in a position to bring change, you will choose to spiritually grow. If you don't have wisdom, you will live beneath spiritual growth because you have no goal to go after, and therefore you'll stay status quo in your Christianity forever. Did you get that? Am I going too fast? You get what I'm saying? Until I give you something to shoot for, you ain't going to change. You don't care what you say until you learn your words got power. Once you want something from God, you know my mouth, I ain't going to say nothing. You see it? Spiritual growth comes because of wisdom. Spiritual growth always comes because of wisdom, because without wisdom, you don't care. But once wisdom shows up in the word, now you got a goal. So, I, look, how many of you need some more money? Raise your hand. How many are going to stop talking broke when you get a goal for money? Thank you very much. If you didn't have a goal of money, you talk broke. How many of you, you want to live in divine hell? You don't want to be sick. Hello, right? That's why you don't walk around going, my aching this, my hurting that. Hello? That should be you. If it ain't you, it better become you. Why? Because once I get a, a, a goal or a vision or a sight or something I see in the Word of God, I'm not going to let my mouth undo what God did because I want the blessing more than I want the garbage that comes with saying what I want to say. You don't grow. You don't grow without goals of what? Growth. That's what redemption's all about. I could be what? I can, I can be what? Redeemed? Look, for only have sinned in what? Come short of the glory of God. Now everybody reads that and goes, well, I come short of the glory. No, you don't. No, you don't. You never have never will. Look at this. Go to, here, watch. We'll read it all the way. Be, now watch this. Let's go, to, go there in your Bible. You got a Bible? Everybody got a Bible? I got a phone. I don't care. As long as you can, as long as you can read it. I heard the one guy who's funny. He goes, okay, now, underline in your phone. It was cute, right? Underline in your phone. You know, underline in your phone what? Underline in your phone when you cannot underline in your phone. So if you can't write in your phone, I don't know what to tell you. Being justified freely. See this? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Did everybody read that? He ain't done. Right? Being what? Who? Okay, now he's, can you, can you go back to 23? Let him see it. Because y'all read this and then you don't see the connection because it ain't done. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of, and, and keep saying, keep talking, we ain't done, it ain't over, ain't no period like in the end. Being justified freely by his grace, that is what? Through redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Now, now do we all, because all, all, that's everybody do, they stop, right? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You're licensed to be a dud the rest of your life. No, he didn't say that. Being justified, now he said what? He said, continuation of the speech. Being justified freely by his grace, through, what? Through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. See that? How many of you read that scripture? Everybody read that scripture and say, oh, I see, right? You screw up. Everybody go, oh, I see and falling short of the glory of God. Come on, English teachers. I Trust me, if anybody failed English, it was me. Okay? But that sentence is not done. Hello, all my English majors, what do you call that little doohickey at the end over there? A what? What, 23? Show them on 23. What's that little doohickey on the end right there? Come on, help me. A semi. What? What's that mean? What? What's it mean? What, say it again. Be loud. It's a continuation. Look at it. The English major just finally showed up. 
That's why I flunked. All those years you passed me through school, this is why. Right here. For maybe this moment right here. I knew he wasn't done. For all that sin and comes short of the glory of God, continuation, pop it up there, being justified freely by what? His grace. Who's that? You. You. I didn't come short of no glory. I'm living in the glory. You are the glory. It's in you. Stop living beneath what God made you to be. That's the problem with the church. We're living like a bunch of porpers and human beings. You ain't no human being. You're a supernatural giant. Who is? You are. I don't feel like no giant. Well, stick around here for a year. You're going to walk out of here like a giant. Being justified freely by his grace through redemption. There you go. That is in Christ Jesus. Keep going. We're going to go all the way to 28. Whom God had set forth to be the sacrifice through faith in his blood. That's what made me righteous right there, his blood. How are you going to do what the blood of Jesus did? How in the world are you going to undo what he did in his blood? You can't do it. You can't undo it. You can live without it, though. You could choose to, re you could choose to reject it. You see it? You can choose not to accept it. You see it? I'm not going to accept that. I feel, I, you know what? This is what you're literally saying. You're saying, God, I choose to accept what you gave me because I feel like I'm not worthy of what you made me to be, even though you made me to be it. My God! You see? Set forth to be the what? Propitiation, fancy word for sacrifice. Through faith in his, 26, keep going, to declare his, you've got to finish this, to declare his righteousness for the remissions of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. Woohoo! Took care of it. Watch this. Keep going. Set my colon. To declare, I say at this time his righteousness that he might be the just and the justifier of him which, come on somebody, believe in Jesus. He's the just and just. Who's, who just and justified me? Jesus. Are you a believer? Are you a believer? Are you a believer? Then guess what? It ain't your justice nor justification that makes you righteous. It's his. He made me. You better get, you didn't get that. Listen to me. When you walk in there and go like this, I'm the just and justified. That's what he made you. You didn't make you it. He made you it. If he didn't want to make you it, he should have never made you it. He said, I'll just and justify you. You say, I messed up. No, you're not. That blood made you righteous. That blood made you redeemed. That blood made you holy. That blood, come on, it's his blood. That's why he went on the cross to put that blood on you so you can be redeemed for it. Every time he sees you, you know what he says? There's my just and justified righteous one. If my wife could ever figure that out, glory to God. She does. I told her she needs to call me Lord. Yeah, it's true. Sarah, Sarah, Abraham, Sarah called Abraham Lord. She did. It's Bible. I tried to get her to call me Master Prophet one day. Ever tell you that one? I told her to call me Master Prophet, Angel of the House. I showed up in the church. They called me the Angel of the House. I felt so good. You ever been there? They called me the angel of the house. I got introduced as the, did I not? You were with me. They introduced, they said, here come the man of God, the angel of the house. I felt so good. I said, my God in heaven, they're talking about me, Carl. I said, praise the Lord. Angel of the house. Yeah. I felt like a bad man. Who are you? I'm the angel of the house. Woo! Because you're the voice in the house. You understand? Scriptural. I went home. I said, the angel of the house wants to remote. She said, I ain't doing it. 
I said, I hid it from her one time. I said, call me angel of the house. <laughs> call me master prophet. The kids started calling me master prophet. I said, call me master prophet. They said, I ain't doing the daddiest. Do you want ice cream? Okay, master prophet. <laughs> it felt good. It sounded good for a minute. That's it. You got to laugh once in a while. You guys are all stiff. Y'all supposed to have a new year. Have a new face. Come on, get excited. Come on, get happy. It was cute, right? Angel of the house. You can call me that once in a while. It might be help me. It might help me preach. <laughs> I said, who are they talking about? I seriously did. This is the angel of the house. I said, my God, give me that mic. Hey! I felt the Holy Ghost. I'm going to put that hammer. Mm-hmm. Hey! Believe in Jesus. Look at 27. That's you, right? Then you're the just and justified. Who justified you? Who was your justification? Jesus. So what in the world are you going to do if he put the label of justification on you? You can't undo that. You can't undo Your performance can't undo that. But I'll tell you what your performance does, robs your consciousness to live in that quality of life. That's why I've got to renew your mind, because once you catch up to who you are, you'll start making the action steps. You ain't, and you ain't, let me tell you something right here. You're as righteous as you're going to get. Do you get that? The minute you got born again was the minute you became the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. You ain't going to undo it, add to it, put it, all you're going to do is get a better revelation of it. That's all you're going to get, a better revelation. Because remember I told you, Jesus was a baby born in a manger, and he grew. Adam was a man in a garden. He became. You don't become. You are. Your spirit don't grow. <laughs> You're full grown. Your spirit don't grow. You get a better revelation of who you are. You understand that? Adam was a man, a spirit man. <laughs> My God. You as false spirit you're going to be. Now you have not discovered the greatness of who you are yet. That's why you come to church. And then once you see it, you start walking out of here like, man, I'm somebody, bro. My God. You know who I am? Now you ain't cocky or arrogant because you know he made me something. You see it? He, he, he made me who I am. And you start living up to the title. <laughs> you start living up to the title. That's why you don't hang around boneheaded people no more because you, you, they don't even know you got a label. You know what I'm saying? A good label. You got a designer label. You designer quality material. There ain't one of you in the earth. You're unique, anointed. My God, you got to see yourself like that's what God made you. You better than Louis. Come on, somebody. Not that Louis, but you know what I'm saying. You better than, you better than the red bottoms. Come on. Somebody know what I'm talking about. Come on, you understand me? Come on, you understand what I'm saying? You're royalty. Man, so, oh, you want to, you know, we went somewhere. Oh, did you feel like the way I did that? Yeah. I just cracked my knuckles on you. Yeah, uh, I could do a lot of things at once. I got like ADD in the spirit. It's cool, right? So check this out. We went to that, we went to Belgium, you know, and they all get excited. You want to go see the prince's palace? I was like, I want to go see, we went to go see the prince, right? I was like, oh, yeah, I get a prince. I was like, why well, I want to go see the prince when I got the king living in me? Ha <laughs> ha. You want to go? I went to London. They didn't even ask me to go see the Queen, but I wasn't going to go. I probably would have went. God bless the Queen, but well, I don't want to see the Queen. I got the King living in me. I'll go. You understand what I'm saying? You start seeing all that royalty. That thing with that palace, she was with me. How, long, how, how big was that building, seriously? It was, it was like a f couple football fields. These people just living in. Gates and trees. They got to trim the trees. Trimming the trees probably cost $100,000 a week or so. I don't know. It's so many trees. They didn't care. The prince lives in there. You start getting a revelation of royalty, man. Money don't mean jack. 
Money don't mean nothing. They got they got bars coming in through the big old fence gate, you all stuff gold on it, and then you go inside the place, gold everywhere. Come on, you've seen what I'm talking about, some of you. I don't care about none of that. The king. So I'm saying you're royalty. You start living like royalty. You start acting like royalty. You start walking like royalty. You a you a royal priesthood. Chosen people. You see what I'm saying? Don't don't tell me come sit at the table if you don't want me there. But if you tell me it's my fault if I don't show up, woo! Better get it. Better pull it in. That's who you are. Did you see that? Did you see your headline? See the last one? Watch this. You with me? Where are we at? 27. Where is boasting then? You get this? Where are you going to boast? What are you going to say? Oh, I did it? No, you can't say it. It's excluded. By what law? The works? Nah, but by the law of faith. Remember we talked about the law of faith? What's the law of faith? What's the law of faith? I believe and I spoke. I believe I spoke and I became. I believe and I spoke and I got saved. I believe and I spoke. That's what the law of faith is. I believe and I spoke and you got righteous. You believe and you spoke and you got redeemed. You believe and you spoke and when you got saved, you got the righteous. You got redemption. You believe you spoke and you were made whole. You believe you spoke and you were made what? Righteous. You believe you spoke, you were justified. By what law? Law of faith. What you do? I didn't do nothing to get it. I believed and spoke and therefore I became. That is the gospel. That's the God's honest gospel. You believe you spoke and you became. You believe you spoke and you are. You believe you spoke and you are that which has been written about you. Watch 28. Therefore we conclude. He said, shut it down. Elmore thinking like this no more. I've come up with a conclusion. What's your conclusion, Paul? Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. He said, your works ain't doing jack to make you justified. Your faith is making you justified. What's going to happen when you start seeing yourself the way that Bible wrote you to be? And you, dem- What's going to look like when you go, there's a better than Solomon. Look at your neighbor and say, there's a better than Solomon here. You thought Solomon was fat? I'm so fat, you're going to get ready to see my wealth. Come on, you see what I'm saying? I don't mean spiritually fat. Come on, someone. You know, fat and natural. Come on, you ain't that fat. You fat and spirit. Some people don't understand me. It'll help you. Will you get what I'm saying? A greater than. Man, who am I? This year you're going to discover who you are. I'm going to make you discover who you are. Every angle I can give it to you, I'm going to show you who you are. Because you ain't who you think you are. Nobody is. I'm not who I think I am. That's why I discover more about who I am. That's what you do. You peel the layers. What are you doing? Am I? No, I'm not. I'm on point four. Gigi's not keeping up with my points as she's talking about Discover it here. I am on point three, ain't I? <laughs> Discovering, here, write this down. Discovering, revealing the position of redemption. <laughs> I told her she, don't, she, doesn't, she doesn't pay attention. She's doing good. Discovering and revealing the position of redemption. That's what this year is going to be about. Did you get that? That's Romans 3, 3.22. We were just there, but I want you to see this. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, that to all and upon all them that believe, there is no difference. You see that? Put it up there. Three, just give them 3.22. We were just there. Just go up one scripture. Thank you. 22. Pull this in. Romans 3.22. For all, nope. Not that, there we go. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, Unto all upon unto all 
but to all them that believe, for there is no difference. Go back, see it again. Give me the first half of that, please. Even the righteousness of God, which is by, of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. You're in. Why is that? Discovering and revealing the position of redemption. The more time you take pressing in to this position of redemption, the more God's going to reveal to you who you really are. It's the truth. So now we're going to, what was redemption's big three? Poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. The curse. The curse of the law in Galatians chapter 3. Remember? Remember? Jesus redeemed us from the curse, being made a curse for us, who curses everything that hangeth upon a tree. The redemption of the curse was redemption of poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. Redemption today wrought in Christ has put us in wealth, health, and spiritual destiny. Everything that has to do with that that reveals who you really are and your true identity is what you've got to pull into a place of mastering this year. Because until you get this thing, and this is not why, I'm going to show you why in these next couple of things I'm going to show you. Number one, write this down. Four, you've got to get to a place of greater expectancy of God's promises in your life. A greater expectancy of God's promises in your life. You have to produce that expectancy. Is that okay? And then on the next ones, I want to show you this. Okay? A greater expectancy of God's promises in your life. That's Psalm 62.5. I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures there. I'm going to show you this. You've got to get a greater expectancy. If God, if God moves in the realm of the glory in your life, which he will, if God's going to move in the realm of the glory in your life, you've got to get a greater expectancy. Expectancy is the atmosphere for the miraculous. Did you get that? You know what I mean by that? Your level of expectancy creates God's, creates God's atmosphere to move. Did you hear that? Did you get that? Your level of expectancy creates an atmosphere for God to move. Without your expectancy, God, God does not have a, grav, um, a gravitational pull to move in your life. There's no reason to. You ever get around somebody, they ain't even paying attention when you're talking? What do you want to do? Not talk no more. Right? You're like, huh? Yeah, huh? Huh? Okay, you're really paying attention. You know what I'm saying? When you guys start building and expecting him, when you start walking in this building expecting him, you start going to your prayer time expecting him, you start reading the Bible with expectancy. Sometimes we go through the motions, but this next season you got to get expecting God to move. My soul wait thou only upon God for my expectation is from him. You got to get there. Expectant. Okay, I got to produce expectancy in my life. Amen. How about this one? You ready? Proverbs 24, 14. I'm going to give you two more, and then I'm going to give you this thing, and we're going to go. Because then I'm going to tell you something about time. So shall thy knowledge, so shall thy knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul when thou hast what? Found it. Okay? Now, now that keeps going now. So shall thy knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul when thou hast found it. Then now shall be a word, and thy expectation shall not be cut off. Amen? Because your, your, problem with your, your problem with expectancy is your soul gets weary. Your expectation wears, your, your soul wears on your expectation. Does that make sense? So when you don't see something happen, what happens? You soulishly get like, man, is this ever going to happen? I feel like you won't be cut off. Just keep your expectation. Don't let your expectation be tainted by your mind, your will, and your emotions. Because what's the first thing you do when you get expectation rolling? Your mind starts, well, this is taking too long. 
Your will is like, it should have happened, right? You get all these other voices arising against what it is you're believing. Why is that? It's pushing against you. Don't let that season come in. Be expectant every season. I got another verse for you. Ready? And this one, you know this one because you all read it. It's in Philippians 1.20. Philippians 1.20. According to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing shall I be ashamed. Ain't that good news? Now, you better pull that in. That's about your promises right there. That's about what you're believing God for. You pulling that in? That according to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be life or by death. What is he saying? He's saying according to my earnest expectation and my hope. And my hope. Expectation hope. I shall not be ashamed. See, what's the thing? Sometimes you step out and you go, you almost feel like, man, what if this, you know, you, you don't want the shame of it not working. He said, no, you're not going to be ashamed. Go to the first part. I let them see that angel. Let help them. Look at this, right? Sometimes people don't step out. According to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing shall I be ashamed. God's going to come through. You might not know how. You might not know when. But he said he's going to do it, and he'll do it. You get that? I know that sounds cute, you know, when you're in church. But when you're in the middle of pressing, you got to look back at these scriptures and go, he said, in nothing shall I be ashamed. I'll get through it. I don't know how, but I will. Now, here's the, here's the tail end of this. I'm going to wrap this thing up tight so you can get it. So we've got to have expectation. You say, well, every year I should have expectation. Yeah, but this year you should expect something different. But why? Because this year I'm going to do something different. Remember I told you the other day, I said, if you keep doing what you did the last five years of life, you're going to get the same results. But if you get another level of expectation, let me tell you what's going to happen. Something's got to shift. Can't stay the same. Well, it's going to look like you add those little, little pieces to this thing. You're going to get it, okay? Now, let's crank so I can get you going because I keep you here all night. Ready? Here we go. Now, I want you to get this one. Write this down. These next three, are, there's going to be probably like two more after five. I'll give you seven and let you go, okay? So I know what number I'm on. Everybody's like, how many points does he have? 83. 20. 20 I'm, tw I'm, I'm 20 for 20. This is five. Time. Now, write this down. I'm 20 for 20. That was a joke. Karen's the only one who got it. Time, everybody write this down. Now, this is going to mess you up. This has to do with it. Time will no longer be a cycle of length. This is going to stretch it now. Time will no longer be a cycle of length with a start and a conclusion, but redemption will redeem it. Write it. Time will no longer be a cycle of length with a start and a conclusion, but redemption will redeem it. I'm going to explain it. Okay. I'm going to say, I hope so. Okay? Usually when we start, did you get it? I'll read it again. That's a lot. Time will no longer be a cycle of length with a start and a conclusion, but redemption will redeem it. Okay? Now I'm explaining it. What do you mean, a start and a length? Time, did you get that? Now watch this. This is why redemption is so awesome. Time usually has a starting point and an ending point, and usually the promises of God that you've been expecting. Lots of time, time seems like it's punishment because it looks like every time I get in this thing, it think, I'm thinking I'm in the beginning of it. So therefore, the prolonged to the fulfillment of time doesn't really look appealing to me because how long is this going to take? When viewed as a time cycle... A length of years, time indicates a waiting period and can be viewed as negative. So if I say 
hey, that promise is going to take time. What do you think? Oh, great. How long is this going to take? Because it looks like it's just the starting point that we're getting ready to get in this thing. And it's going to take a long period of time before anything comes to pass. So therefore, I'm probably going to maybe lose hope or not really be excited about this because I'm, I don't know how long this can be. It looks cute, but maybe not. Now, this is the good news. But when it's seen as the end of the years. Now, let me show you this. Now, this is the thing with 20, okay? This is the, the, the window that I'm looking through with this, this timing of 20, the Hebrew meaning of a word with an open hand. Okay, so I'm stretching you here a little bit in the window. Just stick with me. You're going to be all right. Say we have 20 years. Let's just, let me just break it down the way I see it, and I'll explain it. When we, viewed as, when we view it as time cycle, in the case, a 20-year in length, time indicates a waiting period can be viewed negative because I might think I'm at the beginning of my 20. And how many know starting right now and waiting 20 years ain't fun? Right on. But watch this part. But when we see it as the end of the 20 years, time seems to become positive, for it is the time of redemption. We may view virtually every period of time this way. Am I in the beginning of it or am I at the end of it? I don't mind waiting, but am I starting the waiting or am I ending the waiting? When viewed as time cycles, most of these numbers would convey the idea of waiting for time to be concluded. Redemption brings the conclusion of time. Because redemption is already finished. The key is understanding that it's not I'm getting ready to start a lot of processes for this year. I'm getting ready to end on a lot of promises this year. Because I'm not waiting, I'm receiving. Time has become full because redemption has redeemed it and it's getting ready to reveal what it's been holding back from you this year. How's it going to do it? Your faith's going to do it because I just told you it can do it. That's the key. You say, I've been waiting. Sometimes when you talk about time, it seems like it's the beginning. It seems like this could take forever. But i got news for you. When redemption kicks in, it's the end of a matter. How can he do it? Redemption done. So watch this. When you redeem something, let me just say this. When the Lord redeems something, it doesn't take process. It's already finished. But once you pick up the finished, it becomes your process. Because now I've got to convince myself to what he's redeemed me from. You see it? It's done. You just got to get an understanding of what's already finished. But how long does it's finished have to take time? Until you believe it. Because the minute you believe it, you activate its release in your life. Because it's done. He's not waiting for you to get the understanding that he did it. He's waiting for you to understand the fact that he did it for you. It's done. It's yes and amen. Just take it. So what do we got to break through to get there? And obviously that's the barrier you. So here's the last two, okay? We're going to talk about it all year. We'll work it in. I'm going to get you to see it. Six, you got to break the barrier of the soul. You got to break the soul barrier. And that's saying soul ties and all that. 
goofy stuff. I'm talking about you got to break the mind, the will, and the emotion to open up to the realm of what a spirit has already been done. Because you ain't working on your spirit. Your spirit's perfect. We just got to get what's in your spirit to hit your soul and come through your body. Does that make sense? Once we get that rolling, we got the thing. You see it? So here's, here's my scripture. These scriptures, these scriptures are going to help you. Go, everybody turn to Psalm 142.7. These scriptures got me. And then we're going to take communion. We'll take communion together. We'll do all that. If they want to get all that stuff in a minute, we will. But just give me, I got, I got points, so I don't want you guys to leave. So we're going to do that, though, together. But don't go nowhere. But if you guys want to just, like, whatever, who is preferring. What am I said? Psalms 142.7. Man, you ever read this before? Psalms 142.7. Bring my soul out of prison. My God, that I may praise thy name, thy righteous shall compass me about. For thou shalt deal bountifully with me. Bring my soul out of prison. What's your soul keeping locked out of your life? What's your soul not, you see what I'm saying? I love that, man. I don't know how it translates for you, but it probably translates good over there. But uh, you can read it any translation you want. Bring my soul out of prison. What's my soul holding back that my spirit wants to give me, but it's locked up because it can't receive it? Come on, somebody. This is no more, no more limitation. I ain't going to be limited this year. Come on, somebody. Uh, God said it. I'm going to receive it somehow. Watch. I got scriptures for you. Watch. Man, I'll tell you, you get this one, it's going to mess you up. Go to Psalm 143.3. We're going to read Psalms 143.3, For the enemy has persecuted my soul. He had smitten my life down to the ground. He had made me to dwell in darkness as those that have been long dead. See that? He's trying to shut your soul down. I stretch forth my hand unto thee. My soul thirsts after thee as a thirsting land. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I trust. Cause me to know thy way wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. Watch verse 11. Verse 11 is going to mess you up. Quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake, for thy righteousness' sake, bring my soul out of trouble. He said, my soul's in trouble. Bring my soul out of this prison. Bring my soul out of this trouble. Bring my soul out of this place. Bring my soul out of this place of distress. Bring, my, bring, bring me out of this place. Where, come on, you know what that is? That's because what? My spirit's locking down and it's trying to move in. But my soul is pressed. When your mind gets pressed, you can't receive from God. When your will's getting pressed, you're not receiving from God. When your emotions are messed up, you ain't receiving from God. All I got to do, if I can open the valve of your soul to receive what's spiritually there, it'll glory will flow right through you. Because it's done. God ain't going to go do nothing new. Everything you got is in your spirit. Ephesians 1, 3. Remember I told you that? All spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, it's in you. All you got to do is receive it with your faith and receive and let it flow into you and change your life. But I got to bring my soul out of prison. What's the enemy keeping locked up from you? What thoughts of, of inability is he trying to, who's, who's he to tell you? What's the enemy trying to tell you that you ain't qualified for what Jesus already gave you? Come on, you see what I'm saying? Try to show you pictures of your past and tell you you don't qualify for this. I'm not my just or justifier, but Jesus is. Come on, you see this? Don't be stuck in the prison of your soul being locked out. We're going we're gonna to train this thing because you know where that comes out of. Now write this down. The shell of the body, number seven, we're done. I'm going to let you go because we're getting there. The shell of the body will be broken and the boundary of the soul will be open to reveal God's glory. The shell of the body will be broken and the boundary of the soul will be open to reveal God's glory. Guys, I know this, that the glory of God is in you, and the only way to get it out of you is it's got to flow. 
You understand that? Now there's the manifested glory of God that he'll bring, but I got news for you. There's glory in you waiting to shine out. That's what Jesus did in the Mount of Transfiguration. He went and transfigured. He let the glory that was in him show upon him. So you got that same ability in you to let the glory of God show up in situations in your life. What's that mean? That means God's getting ready to overtake your life spiritually, but you're not going to hinder it through the what? The apprehension of the soul. You're going to agree with it. You're going to agree with the prosperity. You're going to agree with the health. You're going to agree with the wealth. You're going to agree with the life. You're going to agree with the change in the family situation. You're going to agree with him saving the lost. You're going to agree with him that he can do it. You're going to, you're going to stay with him and stay true to what he said he can do. And here it's easy. You know where I'm going. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your body a living sacrifice. Holy accept the one of God which is reasonable service. Be not conformed, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, and be proved what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17 and 18, y'all know this one. For what's cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is becoming renewed day by day. Stay there, look at that. Leave that top part of that. Let them catch that. You can play. For which cause we faint not, see that? We're not pressed in too far that we faint before the harvest of life. What? But though our outward man, the outward body, perish, yet the inward man is what? Renewed day by day. That's the process of renewing the soul. Your inward man is becoming stronger, and your outward man, come on. See, outward man, he's getting, he's, he's getting older. <laughs> I know everybody's fighting it, but praise be to God, we all getting older. But the inward man is becoming renewed day by day. Watch 17. Keep going. For our light affliction was but for a moment work for us a far more exceeding weight of glory. Eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are what? Seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are what? Temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. It's in you. Since I'm working on the inward man, I'm breaking through the outward man. As I'm renewing the inward man, I'm overcoming the outward man. And you're breaking the barrier. You're breaking the barrier of the flesh, and you're breaking the mindset of the soul. That's what it's all about. That's why when you get ready to press into this season, you're going to get ready to transform your life. Now, what's 2020 going to look like? Whatever you want it to look like. It's going to be up to you what you put in. Some of you, it's going to take a longer process to renew your mind. Who cares? Is this the year that I make the faith steps to take the spiritual growth that I need to take to transform my life? Nobody could do it for you. You got to do it for yourself. So all those seven points, yeah, some of them we're going to take, some of them we're going to expound, some of them we're going to dive in, some of them ain't going to mean nothing to you this year. There might be three of them that means everything to you. But I noticed that if we push into this thing with all, everything we have spiritually, you're going to get out everything you need. But that's the key. You got to be willing to just say, all right, you know what, man, there's going to be, you might have to sacrifice what looks to me a little bit natural to step into some of the spiritual but when you step into the things God has for you spiritually, it's going to overtake what you gave up naturally. Because you ain't really giving up nothing. You're just, because what, what do you mean? You're giving up. What are you giving up? You're giving up nothing. You ain't giving up nothing. You're receiving so much that what you think you're giving up doesn't. He said, but your light affliction would seem for a moment is worse for us a far more eternal way to glory. That's what that's about, 17. Go look at that just real quick. For, watch this. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Worketh for us more far and exceeding way to glory. See it? You say, man, I'm pushing through. Well, guess what? The pushing through isn't going to matter when you get on the other side. Because the glory that's waiting for you ain't going to matter. You don't remember the little bit of pain when you walk in that promise. Come on, somebody. 
All you moms, you don't remember all the pushing. You remember it it's a little bit, but guess what? When that baby showed up, you forgot about all the pain. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you're pushing through to get some of this stuff, but guess what? When the joy waiting on the other side, it's going to be well worth it in the end. Amen? You're going to make this year be the best year of your life because you're going to do something different this year. Spiritually. This is going to be your spiritual year. Now, I ain't up here yelling and screaming at you yet. That's going to happen on, on Sunday throughout the year. You know that. But here's the deal. You got to get ready to get in this thing and say, you know what? 2020 is going to be the best year of my life. It's going to be the best spiritual year of my life. But you got to get ready to do something different to make this year the best spiritual year of your life. You got to find some agreement and build some safeguards to transform some areas of your life. This year could be your year. Amen? Listen, we're going to get ready. As, as Pastor Liz comes, I asked her to do communion with me. She's going to do it. Uh, I want just know this. I want you to know this. We are standing in agreement with you and, and everything you're believing God for. And I'm serious with this because I know some of you got your loved ones and you got family situations. And some of you got dreams and plans and gifts and callings. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.